Good morning. It's so great to see you today. It's great to see you online. Our prayer is no matter when you're watching or where you're watching, I pray right now it's underneath an air conditioner, uh, right? We're praying that you're safe uh, wherever you're at. We're so glad you've joined us in the room today. And uh, right now, as we speak, we have a service happening right now in Carleton, Oregon. And uh, Pastor Clint and an amazing team of uh, people are there right now, and they're undercover, they're outside, but uh, the heat is on, <laughs> and uh, they got some fans, but uh, hey, if you're in the Carlton area, we want you to know we have uh, a church coming to you, and so Family Life Church Carlton is alive and well, and if you're in the McMinnville area or Carlton, we hope you can check that out, but uh, we're so glad that you're with us today. As we continue this series... In the Psalms. We're spending the summer in the Psalms. 150 prayers and poems, songs. But it's more than just a song book, it's a prayer book. It's a book that Israel used throughout its history as to turn to God no matter what they're facing. There are songs of lament where they just allowed their heart to cry out to God in desperation and pain. There were songs of thanksgiving and praise. There were, there were songs in there that were sung at the temple and choirs would lift them up. There were songs that David would write in times of pain and discouragement, in times of celebration. You know, we recognize the Psalms and we think of David, but he wrote 73 of them, but uh, there's over a third of them that are written by uh, uh, anonymous writers but these were written, like I said, most of them as songs, but they are a prayer. Today, we're going to look at the 23rd Psalm. So I don't believe it's an accident you're with us today in this room. I don't believe it's an accident you're watching today. I believe this Psalm, which I believe you've probably heard many, many times, can be fresh and new inside of our life today. The 23rd Psalm. Let me just read it to you. And I'm reading, if you need to know, out of the New King James Version. It says this, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's a powerful, powerful passage of scripture. Maybe you were reciting that along in your heart or in your mind. You know, of all the 150 songs and poems and passages in the Psalms, I think this is probably the most famous in the whole book. There's many of them. You might have your favorites, and I have my favorites, but this one is probably the most well-known. I would say this is probably the most cited, the most recited, the most memorized passage, I would say, in the whole Old Testament. It's one that, I mean, even people that don't believe in Jesus know this psalm and probably can quote it. Augustine called it the martyr's hymn because so many Christian martyrs would quote it on their way to their death. 
It's been quoted by American presidents during times of crisis. Abraham Lincoln quoted this in a time of deep depression in the middle of the Civil War. George W. Bush quoted it after 9-11. But when we think about this psalm, we think about this, it's, it's simple. It's simple enough for a child to grasp, but yet it's deep enough for a theologian to get lost in. When we think about Psalm 23, I would ask you this, where do you, where do you hear this psalm the most? usually in memorial services or funerals. Isn't that interesting? I know I've I've used, this is kind of a go-to verse for me when I'm celebrating someone's life. It's one that we naturally go to. It's probably been many times in that setting. It's been inscribed on headstones. It's been inscripted on sympathy cards. Verse four talks about going through the valley of the shadow of death. I think that's why it's a time of loss and we recite that. But I want to remind you, and here's what you need to know about Psalm 23. It's much more about living than it is about dying. Amen. It is much more about living. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. That's a declaration that I know where I'm going and I have trust in God. That no matter what I go through, he's going to be there. No matter what fire I go through, no matter the heat that I'm feeling, <laughs> figuratively and literally, I know where God is, right? It's about living. Think about this. This psalm has been quoted for over 3,000 years. You ever think about that? Isn't that amazing? And it still can relate to us today. It's been called the shepherd's psalm for obvious reasons. But if you really look at it, it's more... It's more than just about sheep and shepherds. It really is. And when we look at this song, we see that David starts by addressing God. He's talking to him in the third person. He's saying, the Lord is my shepherd. And he is this and he is that. And then there's a shift in the fourth verse and he switches to the first person. And he starts saying, he starts talking to God, God, you are with me. Not just as a shepherd, but as a, as a friend. You can kind of feel it gets, it gets personal. And then there's another shift that goes from the outside to the inside. We start out in the field, and at the end, we end up inside the house or the home or around the table. I don't know if you ever noticed this progression, but uh, we're going to look at these three sections today, and we're going to split this up. This is a, a preacher's uh, dream. When you got three points, you can pound them home, Right? But here's the idea. As a shepherd, God gives us direction. As a friend, God gives us protection. But as a host, God gives us provision. So here's the big picture statement today. If you miss everything else, listen to this right here. This is where we're going. I would like to say it like this. As a believer, we must rely on God for direction. As a follower of Christ in this world, this side of heaven, only God can give us the protection that we need and to make it through life, it's going to come because of God's provision. So let's look at those three things. First of all, we see God is a shepherd. He, he's giving direction. The Lord is my shepherd. I, I shall not want. What some translations say, I don't have to be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. He leads me. He's giving me direction. God's leading me these places. He's, he's taking me where I need to go. I'm following him. Now, I don't know, unless you were a part of 
4-H or FFA. Anybody know what FFA stands for, right? Future Farmers of America, right? You, if unless you were that, you probably weren't around shepherds that much or sheep for that matter. When we have a fair, and thank God we can, maybe we can go to the fair this year and we get to see the sheep, right? But in the United States, in our normal day-to-day lives, we really don't deal with shepherds and, and sheep that much. But here's what I need to let you know about sheep. Here's the deal about sheep. They don't take care of themselves very well. They really don't. In fact, sheep will die unless they have a shepherd take care of them. They require more meticulous care and attention than any other form of livestock. They do. Here's the thing I love about sheep. They can eat themselves lost. They really can. They, they, there's a couple of grass. There's a couple of grass. They can just, I had that happen to me once in an all-you-can-eat buffet. <laughs> Remember when we used to be able to do that? Hey, where's Dave? I don't know. I saw him headed for the all-you-can-eat ice cream. He's never come back. <laughs> but it's not surprising that in the Bible, over 200 times, we, people, are compared to sheep. I had a guy one time, as he was giving me some counsel, uh, and he knew I was pastoring, and he gave me this little sheep. <laughs> it's a little uh, furry kind of a sheep. He said, I want you to go set this on your desk, and I want you to keep it there. And it's on my shelf in my office. You come to my office, you're going to see this sheep. He said, you're going to have to be reminded a lot. People are sheep. <laughs> they need to be led, but they also need to be protected, and they need to be provided for. But we have this tendency to get lost and to wander. We do. People need to be cared for. That's why Isaiah 53, 6 says this. All we like sheep have what? Gone astray. We need direction. Something happened in eastern Turkey in 2005 when over 1,500 sheep came together at one location at one time. And it was several flocks. They kind of converged all in this one area, and all these shepherds kind of got together with their flocks. And then the shepherds went off to have breakfast. And apparently, somebody wasn't paying attention to the sheep because one of these little guys decided, hey, and he takes off on his own, and he ends up going over a cliff. Yeah. And you know what? They had 400 sheep follow him before they got him stopped. 400 sheep jumped to their death. That sounds kind of depressing. So I got to show you this video. Maybe you've seen this on. Uh, uh, maybe you've seen this on here. But this is actually a sheep they're trying to get. He's been stuck. He's been stuck. They're going to get him out of there. Yay! He's out. He's free. There he goes. <laughs> I'm telling you, this is this is a true story. Does this does this look like your life? This looks like my life. This looks like my life. Now, just a minute. This is good. I'm free. Dang it. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let me tell you this. The only time in the Bible that sheep are seen in a good light is when they are in the care of a good shepherd. They need direction and they need care. How many dog people do we got in the room? Not like actually you're a dog, but... <laughs> You're dog people. You love dogs, right? You know, there's people that just love dogs. And, you know, have you ever seen some people and you've said this? That person should never own a dog. Have you ever heard that? Anybody ever said that about you? Right? You know why? Because they don't take care of them. 
they, they just let them run all over. The, they bark too much. They'll try to bite. They'll, they never groom them. They never take care of them. They just, that person should never have a dog. They can't handle it, right? But then there's the other person. And some of you might be in the room today. And you treat your dog better than you treat your own kids. You know what I mean? They got their own little sweaters. They got booties. They got their special little treats. They sleep in a little cushy bed. Sometimes they probably sleep with you. You know what I mean? They're right there. But let me tell you, if you were an animal, which owner do you want? Which owner do you want? Picture this. David knows what it's like to be a shepherd. And he's communicating this. And he says, the Lord is my shepherd. What he's saying is, I got the best shepherd. You wouldn't believe how well I'm taken care of. God takes the best care of me. That's what he's saying. Sheep need direction. You need direction. That's what the good shepherd will do. Because here's the deal about sheep. They'll just go and they won't find their way home. They have to be led. You know what I mean? You ever hear that? You see, the, I think there was a movie called The Amazing Journey. There's always that story about that dog that gets left somewhere, miles away from home, hundreds, and that smart dog, he fi- somehow he finds his way home. Here he comes back, right? Never happened with the sheep. Never happened. It's just gone, right? I had a dog like that one time, and we couldn't open the front door. It was either back in the fenced-in backyard, in the kennel, but if you open that front door, he didn't stop till I-5. I'm telling you. And sometimes I wanted to just let him keep running. But we need direction. In fact, John 13, 3, Jesus said it this way. When the spirit of truth comes, what? He will lead us into all truth. We need to be directed. We need direction. We live in a broken world. And it seems like we're so shocked when people go in the wrong direction. It's like, what's wrong with them? We can become so critical of others' choices. But listen, we're born this way. I am born into a sinful world. Let me just tell you, I am a broken compass. Think about that. Without Jesus, I have no true north. You say, well, just follow your heart. Follow your truth. No, no, no. We're broken compasses without God's direction in our life. We come hardwired that way. But look at the level of care. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. What we see in the 23rd Psalm is the shepherd is our leader. But he's also our protector. He's also our protector. In the culture that David was writing from, it's a Middle Eastern culture. It's an arid, dry climate, kind of like it is outside right now. It's just kind of, it's just like it's all the time there, right? And when it would get really hot, the shepherd would have to lead the sheep into places of cool. And they would actually lead them into valleys, into ravines. They called them wadis, but they had shadows in there. And here's the deal, the, the sheep, that was the last place the sheep wanted to go. They didn't want to go there. Why? Because they, they can't see really good. They don't have really good eyesight, and they don't like to really walk downward. But the shepherd would have to lead them down into those shadows. Why? Because it was cooler there. And that's where the streams were, down in the valley. It's cool, but sometimes they don't want to go. And when they get there, they realize the streams flow through the valley. 
I don't know if you've ever realized this, but the darkest valleys are often pathways to the greenest pastures. Sometimes the most difficult, painful places that I've had to navigate in my own life, I look back now, and that's where God was the closest to me. We sang about that today. Sometimes we are in the furnace, and we got to turn, and we see that Jesus is right there. Sometimes the darkest valleys are often pathways to the greenest pastures. And reality is, (laughs) you don't got to live very long to know that there's going to be dark valleys in our life. There is. There's things that many of you in the room have had to go through and you don't understand it. Some of you are facing it right now. But David says, through the valley of the shadow of death. That's why we recite this so many times at funerals and and memorial services because they're talking about that. But that shadow word, that word, that Hebrew word really literally means gloom or calamity. But even if we have to deal with with death, even if death is a part of that shadow, it's not the end. Look, he says, we're going to go through the valley of the shadow. He doesn't say, we're going to have to park there. He said, that's just a way through. It's not the valley of death. (laughs) It's not death's valley. It's the valley of the shadow of death. I often ask in a setting like that, can a shadow hurt you? Can the dog shadow bite you? Can the shadow of a gun shoot you? Right? No, the shadow is not the dangerous thing. Shadow can't hurt you. I love what Charles Spurgeon said. He says, death is not the house, it's just the porch. Death is not the house, it's just the porch. We're we're going through and Maybe God will take you to a season where you have to deal with that in your own life and your own family, but you got to realize that, hey, this isn't the end. We're going through. We're going through. Your rod and your staff, he says. A rod is for directing, but a staff, or excuse me, a staff is for directing, but a rod, a rod is for protecting. A rod was a, was a club, literally, that the shepherd would have on his belt, and he would use that to beat off wolves doesn't mean that there's not going to be times of fearfulness. In fact, Peter said that Satan is like a roaring lion, right? Seeking who he may devour. One guy said that all he does is roar. He's got no bite. But let me tell you what, those times can be scary. I'm not saying that we can't be scared. But as a child of God, that thing can't get to you until it goes through the shepherd. In the New Testament... John, the book of John, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. You remember that when he talked about, I am the good shepherd. Then he uses that metaphor. He says, my sheep know me. They know my name. They recognize my voice and they come in. And then he says this. He says, I am the door to the sheepfold. In the Middle East, there was these sheep enclosures. And if you go in there, there are these round enclosures and they'd break the sheep in. They had kind of semi-walls, just enough to keep the sheep in. But then they had an opening that was just an open space. And if you were looking at that, if I was trying to solve their problem, I'd say, well, here's your problem. You're going to lose your sheep because there's just an opening. They'll just wander out. And the shepherd says, no, 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 that's, that's where I sleep. I sleep in the door. I'm not going to lose a sheep because he's going to have to go over me to get out. Something's not going to come in because he's going to have to get through me to get to these sheep. 
Jesus is the door. You ever heard of this? Over my dead body. You ever heard that? Satan's got plans for you. Satan's got ideas for your life. Satan wants to destroy your marriage. Satan wants to destroy your, and how many times, I think on a daily basis, Jesus goes, huh, over my dead body. You're not getting to them unless you go through me. I am the door of protection, Jesus says. It's a shepherd. As a shepherd, he gives us direction. As a friend, he gives us protection. And as a host, he gives us provision. I love the shift in verse five. All of a sudden, we shift inside. We come inside the house, if you will. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. We're no longer out in the field. We're no longer out with the sheep. All of a sudden, we're in the house. In ancient Israel and in the Eastern culture, strangers were always invited in. In that culture, in that day, if you were passing through the town, and there's many descriptions within the scripture as you see this happen, that the the person would go and just stand in the town square. They would just wait in the town square. And the Eastern culture was one of hospitality. If you were a stranger, the Bible says in the Ten Commandments, we're going to treat strangers. And and throughout the, the Old Testament, they would be hospitable to strangers. We're going to bring you into the house. And when they brought you into the home, they... They would give you a a ceremonial kiss on both cheeks and they would give you water to wash your feet and they would anoint your head with oil. They would give you a cup. They would host you. My cup runs over. Jesus isn't a minimal host. God is one that will overflow blessing onto your life. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You know, that is a declaration of the future based on the past. We talked about this last week as we saw David in Psalm 18. Look back over his life and say, this is why I can say this because God has been there. I think many times we get so focused on what's happening right now, we are not good at looking back and seeing where God was with us. He was with me there and He was with me here. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. How can I say that? Because at my deepest, darkest point, he was there. And I see that blessing in my life there. And So it's a declaration of the future based on the past. This is what God has done for me. And it doesn't mean we're not going to struggle. Please don't understand this, that surely goodness and mercy is going to be my everyday life. Notice he gives me a meal in the presence of my enemies. (laughs) There's enemies there. There's going to be difficult people. There's going to be difficult circumstances. But just like that valley, it's not where you stop. It's what you go through. It's not a pain-free life. It's not a perfect life. But even though I have enemies, your goodness, your mercy are going to be there. 
What he's saying is I can look back and I see that he's been there. Even in some of the most difficult times, I can see, you know what? I learned a lesson I probably couldn't have learned anywhere else. He fed me in the presence of my trouble. He gave me something that benefited me in the middle of a difficulty. That's the kind of shepherd we have. That's the kind of leader we have. That's the God we're talking about today. That's the mercy, that's the care, that's the direction, that's the protection, that's the provision that David is communicating there to us in the 23rd Psalm. It's not just for funerals. It's for your life that you can look at this. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. There was a story about a famous actor of the day that was known for his golden voice and his ability to quote and recite poems and plays and famous lines and, and, and famous narratives. And, and there was a, a, a dinner party with many, many people there, and they invited this famous actor into the, to the party. And after the dinner, they were gathered around, they were listening to him, and different people would say, hey, recite this out of this play, and hey, recite this out of that play. And he was wowing the crowds with his oratory skills and There was a minister in the room, and the minister requested that he did the 23rd Psalm. And the actor said, I'll do it uh, under this condition. I'll do the 23rd Psalm if you follow me and you do it after me. And he said, okay, I will. And the actor gave an impressive rendition of the psalm. It was dramatic. It was beautiful. His voice was amazing, and at the end, people just burst into applause, how beautiful that was. And then the old minister took his turn. His voice was a little weak. He didn't have an impressive tone or cadence, wasn't as perfect. But as he began to quote the psalm, a tear began to come down his cheek, and by the time he ended the psalm, there wasn't a dry eye in the house and it was just silent it was a moment of silence finally someone asked the great actor what's what was the difference there he said here's the difference i knew psalm 23 he knows the shepherd he knows the shepherd here's my question to you today do you know the shepherd All these things about God as our shepherd are true. But Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. You have to allow him to be the good shepherd. We live in a culture that we can't trust anything we see. We hardly can trust anything we heal here and everything is under suspicion. But we have a God that cares so much for us. And he is a good shepherd. He's going to lead you in the places that we need to go. And it will be places that if you follow him, we will continue to go through it. We're going to get through it if we're following his leadership, his direction. He is the leader you can count on. He's also the God who will protect you. I think when we get to heaven, we're going to see on the screen of our lives all the things we never saw coming that God protected us from. He's also a provider that's going to provide what we need. But listen, 
Would you allow him to become the shepherd? Do you know the shepherd? You have to make the decision to be a part of his sheep fold, to be a part of his flock. You see, he's a good shepherd. He's not a demanding or a, a coarse shepherd that makes you get in there. Let me tell you, you can walk away. And some of you have had that story. But here's the thing I love about this shepherd. He, you can walk away, but guess what? He's going to come after you. You can walk a thousand steps and think you'll never find your way home. You might have eaten yourself lost, but you look up and say, where? But it's only one step back. Do you know the shepherd? We need his direction. We've got to have his This culture is too crazy. Our days are too crazy not to have God's protection. And when we make ourselves a part of his fold, he is the door. And nothing is going to get to us unless it comes through him. He provides that kind of care. But you get to choose. I don't know about you, but I choose his goodness his mercy all the days of my life. Would you pray with me today? Father, I thank you for these psalms that uh, I don't know about others, but for me, it's just coming alive again. The, the words written thousands of years ago, pictures painted that I can go back to and look into and say, yeah, that's where you are, God. Yeah, that's who you are, God. And God, I... As I stated at the beginning, I don't believe it's a random thing that people are in the room today, that people are watching on this live stream, that are connecting with this podcast. They're, they're listening, and God, you're speaking your words. You are the one that's going to lead us into all truths, and the truth is we cannot make it without you. We need your direction. And God, I know there are people in the room right now that are just thinking about how you've directed them, and we thank you for that right now. God, in this world today, as crazy as it is, we have to have your protection. God, I pray for those right now that are facing things that seem dangerous to them, emotionally, spiritually, or around them, and I pray that you would come around them like a good shepherd, that rod that protects us, God. We thank you for that. And Lord, I pray and I thank you for the provision that you give. You know, if you're in the room today, if you're watching online, the Bible says that today is the best day to make a decision for God. It's not something we put off. Maybe something that was said today, maybe the lyric of a song, maybe something in this passage is, is making you want to lean into God. I'm telling you, the Bible says if you lean into him, he's going to lean in to you. It also says that all you've got to do is say, Jesus, I need you as my leader my friend. I need your protection. I need your provision. I want to become a part of your family. Or in this narrative, I want to become a part of your flock. You're not a sheep. You're a person. And God loves you. And he wants to lead you. I want to invite you today just to say that prayer. Jesus, come into my life. Doesn't mean that you're going to have a perfect life, but it definitely means you're never going to be alone. Just like we sang in that song. Would you consider that today? Jesus, come into my life. Jesus, I need you as my leader and my friend. 
If you say that prayer today and you're in the room, that connect card, if you'll let us know, we would love to connect with you and walk with you. If you're online right now, I just want to let you know that there is a host that would love to take your prayer request. We would love to connect with you. All you've got to do is say, hey, contact me. Give us a way. We want to connect with you. Jesus, thank you that you are the good shepherd. Amen. Amen. Well, that's good. I'm loving this. I don't know about you, but maybe this God put this together just for me. But would you stand with me today? And let me, let me give you a few uh, important announcements uh, that you need to know. First of all, anytime you need to connect with us, if you're in the room, that connect card is there. Or, or anytime, just on your phone, FLC Connect to 94,000. Questions, prayer requests. If you'd like to give, you can give today in the box or you can just text FLC Give to 94,000 and that's a way to give online. Thank you so much for your generosity. A couple things happening. We've got students going to camp. I don't know about you, but my life was, was redirected in summer camps. I love that. And we have an opportunity to send our students to camp and we don't want finances to be an issue to keep anybody from camp. Our kids just got back from Camp Tillicum had an amazing time and your generosity helped so many of our kids go and we're just asking that again for our high school, junior and high school students and you know what they've got a fireworks tent right down here by uh, uh, the Dodge the old Dodge used dealership or Odmo's Pizza uh, or La Real food truck you see what I'm saying it'll be a tasty trip go by there those fireworks the pro- proceeds are going to help kids go to camp and to Fine Arts Festival. We got four students going to Fine Arts. So I just want to encourage you in that. And uh, we appreciate your generosity in that. And also, save the date. You're going to hear more about this. August 1st is our Serve the City. Thank God. I told you we're going to come through. And by this Wednesday, hopefully the wheels aren't going to come off, but the maskers are going to come off. And we're going to be able to serve our community again. Jeff Lane will be in the lobby. You're going to see that. You'll be able to sign up to be a part of that service day. It's a Sunday that we don't meet in here. We meet in the community and we serve the community. So Serve the City is back and we're excited about that. So excited. And uh, yeah, amen. Amen. Hey, uh, the prayer wall is going to be open right over here at these tables. There's people that would love to pray with you. Don't leave the room today if we could pray for you about anything. If you're online today, just let the host know and we would love to pray with you. We have a whole team called the, the, the prayer chain that love to get together and pray for needs. So let us pray with you if we can. But until I see you again, I, I pray that God would bless you and keep you. I, I pray that God would turn his face towards you, shine his countenance on your life. He's not only a good shepherd. He's the best shepherd and he's got the best for you. God bless you as you go live the life today. Hey guys, this is Pastor Dave. I just want to say thank you for joining us today for this podcast. You know, at Family Life Church, our vision is to create a safe, authentic environment where people connect with Jesus. And we don't believe it's an accident that you joined us today. You know, if this message meant something to you, we would love to hear from you. You can connect with us on our website at myflc.org, or you can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Family Life Church Newburgh. And I invite you to subscribe to this podcast and you can listen regularly. And I just want to say thank you 
and God bless your week.